welcome to the pilot of a series of shorts I'm calling the Archaeotech Minute. As you may know, if you've listened to our main podcast, The Remembrancers Retreat, I came into this hobby fairly late, on the heels of 6th edition. Before then, I knew nothing about the lore of Warhammer or the Horus Heresy, much less of the rules of the game. I've had a copy of Index Astartes Apocrypha for a few years now, before I enjoyed looking at the old terrible yet awesome artwork and the fun descriptions of characters of the old times. It's been a couple years since I've looked at it, and now with a great amount of Horus Heresy knowledge in my brain, I found a lot of fun connections from previous editions decades ago, and I want to share my findings with you all. I know a lot of our listeners are seasoned Warhammer veterans, so a good many of you probably already knew of a lot of these, but I found them pretty interesting, and maybe some of my fellow latecomers can appreciate these too. This episode I want to share some Terminator lore. It can be found on page 65 of Index Astartes Apocrypha, Originally published in Volume 109 of White Dwarf in 1988, which, if my research is correct, would be during the third edition of Warhammer. I'll read you a small excerpt. After some false starts, the basic outline design for Marine Terminator armor, a form of exo-armor, evolved. Drawing on both powered armor and dreadnought technologies, Terminator armor attempts to combine the best of both. Several designs evolved in parallel from the forge worlds of the Adeptus Mechanicus and the armories of the Marines. So, the fact that they mention several designs automatically makes me think of Tartaros, Cataphracty, and Indominus armor, which I think is a nice little nod. I'm not 100% sure when Tartaros or Cataphracty armor was first uh, revealed or first uh, appeared in. So, if you know it, uh, give us a shout, because I'm actually really curious. If we go over to page 68, this is from White Dwarf 112, which was in 1989. A little over 30 years ago. It's as old as me. Starting off with war gear, refractor fields. Terminator armor may be equipped with a refractor field, a defensive field that deflects an attack by refracting energy around the target. Terminators equipped with refractor field receive a separate saving throw of 5 or 6, which is taken before the normal armor save. Refractor fields do not suffer any modification on the saving throw due to weapon or other saving throw modifiers. Effectively, a 5-up invuln, which after 30 years, has not changed one bit for the Age of Darkness rules, other than the fact that you obviously can't take two saves, so you can only choose one. But I, I find it funny how not much at all has changed for that. It's really cool. Uh, some more gear that has changed dramatically is the grenade harness. Terminator armor may be modified to incorporate a grenade harness consisting of six one-shot grenade launchers. As grenades are very small, about the size of a marble... The grenade harness does not encumber its user at all. A grenade harness is loaded with six grenades, all of the same type, which are fired in two batches of three. Launchers are operated from within the suit, so grenades can be fired from a grenade harness in a shooting phase in addition to normal shooting. When firing the grenades, place the first burst template exactly six inches in front of the terminator within its usual 90-degree fire arc. There is no need to make any deviation roll. The grenade is programmed to hit the specific point. The remaining two grenades deviate D3 inches from the center of the burst template for the first grenade. A grenade harness can be equipped with either crack or frag grenades. Again, this is dramatically different from grenade harnesses in Age of Darkness, but at the same time, it's actually really cool. And then finally, we have teleporting. A Terminator squad may be teleported onto the table during the first turn of the game. Teleporters are reasonably accurate, but not entirely. To represent this, nominate the teleport reference point used to fix the teleporter. 
Place a dice or other suitable marker at this point and, nom- and nominate one short table edge as north. You can nominate any table edge if you've got a square table. Roll a d20 and move the marker this number of inches to the north, i.e. parallel to the long table edges. Roll again and move the marker this number of inches to the east, i.e. parallel to the short table edges. The entire squad must be set up on the table within two inches of the final position of the teleport reference point, with normal coherency rules applying. Remember to make sure that your initial teleport reference point is at least 20 inches from the nominated table edges, otherwise you run the risk of missing the table altogether. How brutal is that? A D20 being used to scatter. Uh, Kara did the math, and it's roughly 29 inches is the max amount that you can scatter, and holy crap. That is nuts. However, the fact that you can, you only move it north and east. If you, you know, if you play it correctly, you'll never hit certain pieces of terrain because you'll always miss it because you never go west or south. So, thought that was kind of interesting, and uh, yeah. So that will wrap up this episode of Archaeotech. I hope you enjoy it, and I'll post out more of these here shortly. Y'all take care, be safe, and see you next time. <laughs>